What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita and Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick show. That's right, we're co-hosts now. <laughs> Hello. Trainers talk. Here we go. Traders, episode four. Wow. Oh my gosh. So, uh, like we said in our last episode, we just went and we just watched episode four uh, in between the taping of these episodes, and now like it is, it is really getting good. It is. This is getting exciting. Really good. Really good. Um, so we watched the screener. It has not yes. aired yet. So my kids have not, not seen. My kids are like. Can we watch four? I'm like, it's not out yet. This Thursday. Um, I can't believe they have to murder somebody in plain sight and they are able to pull it off and nobody sees anything, including the other two traders. I mean, I would do watching poverty like a hawk if I'm Dan and Phaedra. Isn't Dan in the room when this happens? How does he <laughs> not see? Are they all drunk? This is what I'm talking about. They get way more alcohol on this episode, on this season than we got. Don't you feel like they all look a little like loose and like yes, very they're much feeling so. it like they're a little tipsy? Especially I got to ask you about that. We didn't talk about that last week. Um, what was the what was the alcohol rules for? So on on our season, they didn't give us alcohol until after the round table. And basically, our night was over. We were getting ready to go to bed. And then the traders were getting ready to do their thing. So, like, half the time they gave us, and it was only one or two drinks max. And it was beer or wine. Um, and it was no liquor. And that was it. And sometimes they would, like, unmic us. And that was, like, we were done for the night. And you take your drink to your room and finish it. It seems like... When they introduced them to Alan, they had alcohol um, throughout the day in the castle. They're drinking alcohol. I mean, unless these are all like fake drinks and they're just in cups and they look like they're drinking. And then the murder in plain sight. Poverty is literally walking around with like multiple glasses trying to like give people <laughs> drinks. And she's going to different rooms like anybody need a drink? I could have got my hands on that much alcohol if I tried, you know. Um, you know, we happen to have a couple, a housewife on our season who was like, definitely wanted her booze. And we also had Kate that was like, where's my martini? So maybe that was the reason, but, uh, yeah, poverty walks around and then she literally is drinking out of her own cup and gets somebody else to drink with COVID and everything else going around. She gets Ek and Sue to drink from her cup while she's eating a cookie. They had to be drunk. <laughs> I think they. Were, I think they were drunk. I hundred percent. And Dan doesn't even see her do it. Ek and Sue look drunk for sure. Definitely, she's like mfing people, and she's saying like she's gonna f these mfers up once <laughs> <laughs> she finds out. And then they're pinky swearing and I loving each other and all this. And then Poverty's <laughs> like, "Have a sip. Just have a sip. Now you're good. Yeah." That was it. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> well done, Parvati. Good job. Pulled it off. I actually, high I pressure thought it too. was well done. High pressure. She would have been so obvious with anybody else. So at that point, you're either not murdering anyone because time's running out, or you're just going to get the person that's the easiest. And that's what she did. So I think Parvati did a really good job channeling my inner Parvati with my headband. By the way, <laughs> notice. No, I have them too. 
I just I don't have my survivor in this, so I had to put it in. But anyway, go ahead. I think it's kind of like the it was interesting in the first episode. They bring Parvati in. It kind of feels like a little bit like a fraternity, like getting a bid. Like they always, I never, I didn't join a fraternity. I did get right. some offers to join a fraternity. It's always kind of like a weird sort of like dark room type thing. And we yeah. want you to join our club. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was kind of like that. And now it's yeah. like, this is the hazing. It's like, okay, Parvati, you have to prove your worth. You're going to be the yeah. one doing this stuff. Yeah. And now it's exactly what it's like. And then she does it. And Sager is like pissed. So I kind of understand what Sager's saying, but it also can look like, I mean, if Phaedra voted for her at the round table, then obviously Phaedra couldn't be a traitor because Phaedra would know who the traitors were. So if she thought Ekin Sue was a traitor and voted for her and banish her, that makes no sense. Do you see what I'm saying? So actually it would take the blame off of Phaedra. Am I wrong? That's how I no. look at it. Yeah. And we'll get Phaedra we'll, trying we'll to banish. Back somebody that makes no sense so she's really only mad at poverty well then poverty starts throwing the housewives i mean that's the whole thing too so then that that's we'll like come back double. to that okay yes. there's so much okay. to break down here so let's we'll start with this murder in plain sight and the alcohol thing is okay. interesting because i wonder why they're getting more alcohol i wonder if it was a pot sweetener to get more of these celebrities or if it's something like hey you know what people are drinking makes more drama makes more good tv you get these housewives the drinks are flowing yeah, and maybe they could be more trusted with alcohol. Maybe we couldn't be as trusted. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe they maybe they know who their you know audience is right there with the alcohol. But um, yeah, it's definitely going to make things way more dramatic. Like our season would have been way more dramatic if they gave us like one or two more drinks. Forget it; it would have been a bloodbath. You mentioned the uh, booze they got at the start in the first episode. Something that Johnny, we're going to give Johnny Bananas flowers, I feel like, at the start of every single one of these podcasts that we do, even though he's not. <laughs> Johnny Bananas lives. He's alive. <laughs> Johnny Bananas is known for giving great toasts. That's like yeah. his thing on the challenge. He always gives a toast at the start of the season. He's got a good toast. Um, the Ringer, which is Bill Simmons' podcast network, they've had parties where Johnny Bananas will give a toast to the, like when they have a work party. Mm-hmm. Like he's there. He has a podcast on The Ringer. He, I think he just had Suri on. Um, so I, I thought that was funny. It's like, of course, Bananas is giving the toast. It's, of course. That's how it's got to be. Yeah. Of course. That's so great. <laughs> we should have him on here once a month. Yes. And we should drink alcohol and he can give the toast. Done. Bananas, <laughs> let us know when you're available. <laughs> Bananas, come on. Anytime. You're you're welcome anytime. We're Italian I, too. You know what? Yeah. I grew up Italian Catholic family. He had four older brothers. He we would get along well. Yes, we yeah. would. <laughs> he fit it right in. <laughs> right in. Right in with all the grasses. Oh my god. And the Vitas. So funny. <laughs> well, I don't know. She finds her target. Ekansu already seems like a little tipsy. She tells her to drink her drink. Ekansu drinks it. And then she chokes. And I'm like, holy crap, is she really going to be poisoned right there? It was like the perfect. <laughs> and that was not acting. So I was like, no. that could have been more perfect. Do you see her? She like laughs and she's like, yes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. And then, and then everybody comes to breakfast. Nobody's murdered. And after she just told Phaedra and Dan, that's who she chose because Dan is in the room and doesn't even see it, which I still don't understand how Dan didn't see it. He must have been talking to somebody or something. And Janelle, I thought Janelle saw it because Janelle was like, 
the only one like being yeah. serious and not drunk, but she had her wine, but she was still kind of scanning the room. And then, and then Alan comes in and explains that someone's going to die during the day. I'm like, <laughs> how dramatic. the hell? So dramatic. I'm like, how is this going to happen? And then the funeral and they all look absolutely oh, beautiful. I'm like, yeah. that's another thing. What are they dressing them? We wore our own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little wardrobe help. I think they I are mean, dressing them because, like, in one of those challenges, they all had matching flannels. Like, there's yeah, no way we had that too. Like, this, one of the challenges, we were like all one was in green sweats, one was in blue sweats. The one where we lit the fire thing. Um, but that was like crappy clothes. This is like beautiful funeral <laughs> yeah. with like the birdcage. Season two, they got a bigger budget. They can spend yeah. on more celebrities. They, they might have hair and makeup. Like, we didn't have yeah. hair and makeup. We have any of that. <laughs> they look way too good. Something's going on there. So Parvati ends up getting Ekansu. And this looks like... Um, this was, again, we got to give Parvati a lot of props here. Under a lot of pressure, she kept her cool. She pulled this thing off. and She really did. Uh, yeah, really. And the thing that I think would have been interesting, I would have loved to know what happens if they can't pull this off because they had so much urgency i would have been really interested if there was some kind of stakes and maybe there were we just don't know but if it's like you guys cannot um vote in the next round table or you guys can't murder someone in the next round if you aren't able to pull this off because yeah like seriously why don't they just say uh oh, you know what this is too risky we're not going to do this like there's got to be some reason that they were forced to do it so i think they have a little leeway because alan at some point during this episode says, and now with Deontay, either, I forget how he says it. Deontay has removed himself from the game or with Deontay out of the game, the traitors now must murder somebody in plain sight. So I think it's like they either get it by the time the clock strikes 12 or they've lost their chance to murder somebody, but Deontay's already gone anyway. Mm. So from a numbers standpoint and how the game has to play out per day for murders, blah, blah, blah. And round tables, banishment, I think they would have been okay. This is just, I don't think there was a penalty, is my point. Yeah. There, they would have said if there was a penalty. Or they were so that no, confident yeah. and then they knew they were going to do it. So, okay. Yeah, it, it seems that way. Are we but saying I was watching, that Deontay... I, I was like, where'd Deontay go? Because I already saw him starting to lose his cool. Like, he was already seemed like a, a little bit of a loose cannon. He was crying. With the second, I, I gather he must have had a rough life somewhere along the line. People blamed him for something he didn't do. And he took it really hard after he blamed Max and he was leading the charge on that. And it wasn't Max. And Max kept trying to tell them I'm the faithful because he says, which was a really touching, heartfelt moment. Like my kids were really like, oh, no. Yeah, my kids did watch those end of episode three. He was like crying. My kids felt so bad. And I was like, see you guys. Like that's somebody that probably was blamed for a lot of things in his life that, that he was actually innocent and didn't do. And now he just blamed somebody and the guy was innocent and he feels for him. Um, so if I had a guess, I think he had a mental breakdown and removed himself from the show, which is really sad. So it is sad. Did anyone on your season like, or did you ever feel that much or at least an immense amount of guilt? Cause I mean, it clearly looked like there was some sort of guilt he was in his own head after that. Yes, thing. Did, he had tremendous did you or anybody guilt. else today. You or anybody else have something like that. You do. You Not to the point of that, because that's what I was trying to say earlier when we filmed, you know, with the first three episodes, we were talking about that at the end of the day, 
as bad as you feel blaming someone and then they're not a traitor or cutting someone's throat after you said you won't, like I did to Judd or whatever I did in Survivor. It, at the end of the day, is a game. And a lot of times you don't even want to do it. You're just going with the numbers because you don't want to, because it's a game. You know, and that's what these games are when you get into alliances and strategy and numbers games. So, yeah, people felt bad. I felt bad. You know, when we got rid of um, Michael, we we knew. I mean, I actually didn't even go with that vote. I didn't do it because I knew he wasn't a traitor. But everybody else and some people just want. And I knew Michael wasn't a traitor. You know, he's just a nervous guy. He had a, he, he's another one. He had a, a tough upbringing. He has some traumatic things happening with life and he has anxiety and that's just how he is. Um, so in a, in a game like this, you walk around looking anxious. You might be suspicious. You might be the traitor. Michael's not the traitor. We knew he wasn't a traitor. Um, so people felt really bad and Deontay felt really bad. He led the charge on Max, but also he had, I think a personal experience probably back in his childhood that, you know, he may be brushed under the rug for many years and that brought up that, those feelings again. And it, it appears, I don't know what happened. I'm speculating. It appears he removed himself from the game from what Alan said. We'll have to look back and get the exact verbiage, but he said now that Deontay removed from the game is what he said. So basically he was the Amanda of this season. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we love Amanda. We're just giving Amanda a hard time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, she's Amanda another didn't one. Want to leave. Amanda because she had COVID. Yes. Yeah, that's different. Amanda should have yeah. never left. No, he left. I think he he chose to leave, Deontay. But oh yeah, poor Amanda. Wow, she would have been on it, man. She would have figured those traders out and not afraid <laughs> to say it. Five seconds. Amanda. Flat. Amanda's great. And she told her whole story here on this show. So if you guys are interested, go back and check that out. Oh, um, you mean like she had a traumatic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, just like that. No, I just, yeah. Well, no, I meant in terms of like, Alan just says she's no longer here. We don't. Yeah. Really it's kind of like that. Like you didn't explain yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And in that situation, Amanda wanted to stay on the trader. She got COVID from, you know, that's a whole, we don't have time to open up that. Actually. Ones, but. And early on, one day, what's the blonde housewife? Kind of looks like Kate. What's her name? Tamara. Tamara was missing. And he says, Tamara's not here today. She's a little under the weather. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? And I was <laughs> like, what the lesson. hell? If we weren't under the if we were under the weather, whether you were off the show, because they COVID tested every other day. I'm like, can we stop with the COVID testing? Because <laughs> someone's going to come up positive. And they did. A lot of people. Hence, I had freaking COVID and couldn't go home for it. I was stuck in Scotland an extra week at the end of the show. But she was under the weather and wasn't there for one of the challenges. He and did say that too. And the shots of you when they would show like you as like Stephanie and it'd be like a shot of whatever they had you doing. You had COVID in those shots too, right? I started feeling ill. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, had a headache. I didn't have a fever though. I had a headache the whole time because you have like such anxiety because all you do is think. And I wasn't, I didn't, when I get like stressed out, I don't eat a lot. So I couldn't, I, I couldn't eat and the food wasn't great. And I just like, my head is killing me. I didn't know because I wasn't eating enough or, and you're not getting any sleep. 
as much as they're like, oh, I slept great tonight. You're not freaking sleeping. I'm like this with my notebook every night. I'm like, all right, this one said this and this one did that. Hey, sleeping, get the hell out of here. But um, yeah, I know I'm you like, are sleeping. That's for sure. At, at the end of the show, man, I was like, I totally had COVID. Like the day I got murdered, I was full blown COVID. I didn't know it. And they tested me to get on my flight home. And they're like, oh, you have COVID. I'm like, you don't say. <laughs> After already getting vaccinated for the show, I still got free COVID. That's a story for another time. <laughs> so they bring. They, I would. I think it would have been interesting if they had because they brought all the traders into breakfast together. Um, before, yeah, so they could have a chance to talk. In. Yeah, it would have been interesting if they did legitimately reacted while everybody else did. If they didn't have because that moment, poverty looked so obvious. Like when they all came in and they, or no, when Ek and Sue came in, Harvey was like, I'm like, is she really making that face right now? Because if I'm sitting at that table, I'm looking at her saying, why is she making that face? Or I'm remembering that now once Ek and Sue get murdered in plain sight at the whatever, which we're going to talk about. Now I'm thinking back and I'm like, oh, Harvey looks totally obvious. Like, why did she walk into breakfast? And then they start talking about, did anybody get a drink? Was anybody given a drink or did anybody eat anything? How did Janelle not see poverty right there? Give her her that cup and say, no, yeah. you can have it. And then why did Ekin Sue not say all day long she had a chance to call poverty out and say, you know what? I, maybe she was drunk. She could have said I was drinking wine, but poverty came over to me and I actually drank from her cup at one point. And she said, no, you can have it. It's kind of weird. And it wasn't a glass like all the other glasses. It was a nasty old looking chalice that was like gross. I would love to know because to us, the viewers, it looks super obvious of all yeah. the different times that Parvi's yeah. trying to give out drinks. Right. I'd love to know is, is this something where like CT sometimes bartends and he's just like, hey, here, have a cold one. I'm throwing this over to you. And if a lot of that goes on, and that throws right. people off. Or maybe they did start to figure it out and they don't show any of it right yeah. now. And we're going to start They're seeing episode it. five, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Because I oh, mean, you know, you know, it's coming. They're going to get a trader soon. Yeah. It's, and it it's looks like so good. Dan and Parm are trying to throw Phaedra under the bus to keep, you know, their asses clean. But I don't know. This is getting so interesting with the internal warfare among the traders you've got yeah. uh dan pulls poverty aside and starts to say like all right we got team up we need her out we need like not he doesn't they don't say we need her out but it's he's basically saying when the time comes we're gonna have to cut her throat because you know and let's team up together here and yeah i think well, part of it uh, yeah and he's saying we gotta give him a little blood like we can't yeah. we gotta give him something so it's kind of like they're and, and Phaedra's now now she's really getting pissed because she's like, you're trying to throw me under the bus. And I know exactly what you're doing. She sees it. Yeah. And she's and, like, don't she flat out tells him, don't don't do not play the game that way. I'm playing very fair. Do not do that to me. She called. I mean, she calls him out. So it's interesting. Leading up. She to is that. in with those housewives because she don't have the numbers. The gamers have the numbers. Well, this is what I think is interesting. I wanted to ask you about this because I felt like this was a pivotal, pivotal episode from so far. It seems that way. This was a big power struggle 
is and Sandra's kind of she's playing both sides. This is what Sandra does so well. She always Sandra's smart. She never has a target on her, and she always that's her old smart. mantra. As long as it's not me. And she was in a position here where it looked like they made it look like she shifted that vote. She let them know they're coming after CT. Um, and then they some of them ended up voting for Kevin too. It was kind of it was weird because yeah. housewives yeah. kind of split up their vote. They didn't all mm-hmm. vote together, which is mm. that's the they don't stupid. have that. That was they don't have the competition experience though. They don't know what they're doing. They they don't. And Sandra does. And Sandra, this was Sandra's episode because this is where she shines. You this know, the Sandra she plays episode. it cool. It, it was. She plays it cool with everybody, and she's well liked, and she is a pretty honest person until she doesn't need to be. But she wants CT around. She let them know it's going to be you or you. Go with the vote. Make sure it's Larsa. We got to break them up. And they, not knowing how to play the game with the numbers, should have stuck together because they probably could have gotten Kevin instead of Larsa if they were smart. Well, this felt to me very much like this is what I was wanting to ask you about is how much at this point of the game is it just about having your numbers and not even being too concerned about who's a traitor and who isn't a traitor? It's like we have to be able to get ourselves to the end and then we'll figure out, you know, there's got to be someone within this gamers group. We'll take care of that later. Yes, there is going to start to be cracks. Keep your numbers solid right now. And then you're going to I mean, it's obvious there's probably a big brother. Or there's got to be a big brother person or probably like a survivor that's a traitor. It's not both. Okay. There's definitely a housewives. So now you're taking your shot. I mean, if they're smart, they probably should have made like a Peter that no one would ever suspect him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's my problem with the traitors. I don't think they should pick at all. I think in front of people, they should pick a name out of a big like turning wheel and read it on a piece of paper and it should be one name, you know, one piece of paper in there for each name. And it should be by chance. It could be three girls. It could three, be three guys. It could be three, um, they, whatever it is. It could be <laughs> white, Indian, any other, any color. Because that's what it started coming down to. In the first season, we were like, all right, there's got to be a celebrity. There's got to be a person of color. There's got to be a male. There's got to be a this because you're trying to figure it out. If it's up for chance and the producers don't decide, there's none of that. They need to take that away. They need to stop handpicking the traitors. Very interesting. Yeah, I would like Mm -hmm. to see that. Maybe we see that on season three. So it looks like we've got these two voting factions and there's the gamers and there's the housewives. So the gamers is the the group is CT, Dan, Trichelle, Sandra, Parvati, Janelle. That looks like that's kind of the core of that group. The other mm-hmm. group is the housewives. Uh, it's Larsa. It's Tamra. It's Phaedra. There's MJ in there. There are probably a couple other ones that uh, I can't remember the names of everybody because I have not seen their shows. And then I get the sense that some of the people like Peter and Kevin and uh, gosh, who else? There, there are a few of them there somewhere in, in the middle of the pack there. They're like the swing boats, yeah. Like yeah. you can pull them either way. But if you look at that, if you look at the gamers versus like the housewives, I mean, they're completely outnumbered. Part reason with the gamers, I guess, even though, you know, what's the name? She tells her no one likes her. Maybe she just means the housewives don't like her. Yeah. Phaedra. I think, I think that this is where you got to, regardless of which side you're on, you have to just keep your numbers intact. So if you like, this is a move where it's like, 
Larsa is going to threaten my game because she's going to try to target me, even right. though I know that Larsa is not a traitor. Like at this point, I don't think these votes are super all about we have to get this a traitor out right now. We can take right. care of that later because they're going to be able to reload the traitors anywhere. So if you get a traitor out and that traitor is someone who's a number for you, like this is where I think the numbers game is really coming into play. Yeah, absolutely. And CT said it best. He's like, listen, whether I think you're a traitor or not, you're coming after me and I got to defend myself. So. Yeah. And you guys did that too, because there were like a couple different groups on your season, right? Yeah. Yeah, there were, but people flip flopped. Um, but basically, it was it was a numbers game, and we tried to keep our numbers together. And I mean, that's what that's what helped Rachel and I with three because we were a three person yeah. alliance that people didn't even know about, really. And that's where um, it was hard for like Kyle Cook, even though I was with him and he was with Ryan. But they, people, everybody wanted to break up that Bravo alliance. And there were yeah. only four of them and went Reza, then went one by one. They all went. So, And you sort you of know. did that too, though, right? Like you thought Suri was a <clears throat> traitor, but you saw the value in keeping Suri in the game. A hundred percent. Like I pretty much knew she was a traitor from the beginning. It had to be one of us. And I knew it wasn't me and I knew it wasn't Rachel. So... But I was like, listen, if I keep her safe from my side of things, which I did do a few times, she'll keep me safe in there. And she did until Christian wanted me and Ari wanted me. And then she was outnumbered. Like, it didn't matter. But I still think she could have, you know, put up a bigger fight for me. Episode four. I think this was the strongest episode yet. It keeps getting better. Can't wait to see episode five. How about the challenge on this one? This is my favorite challenge so far on this season because I loved how... There was a much, very much a social component to it. There was a lot of, you know, who do you think got murdered? And, you know, there's a lot of chances for them to kind of talk and strategize within the challenge. Well, and that's why the entire time I don't understand why Ekin Sue is not saying, she does say a couple times, it's me, it's me. I know it's me. I got poisoned. But like, she doesn't go to Parvati and say, I drank from your wine. Like, you made me, like, if I was poverty, I would be crapping my pants. Like, I did that. People were right there. They could have easily seen it. And she knows I did it. Why is she not saying anything? So unless that's really good editing, which it could be, um, I can't believe she didn't, like, call poverty out. At least if you're, you think you're going down, you know you're going down, go down with a fight. Plant the seed now. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm gone, if I'm the one murdered, it's Parvati because I drank out of her cup. Say something. She said nothing. So, yeah, it was interesting. And it was a free funeral, and they have to walk to the burial plot, and then my guy Fergus, you see my guy Fergus digging the grave, and then putting Fergie. the dirt on top. Fergus. 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 Oh, yes. Fergus. Fergus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fergus. Oh, my gosh. My guy legend. Fergus. Yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> I thought like, we're good. We're friends on uh, Instagram. I talk to him a lot. Oh, my kids my love gosh. him. The great digger. We'll have to have her, him on the podcast sometime. We get Fergus on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Then there's the Fergie. How come nobody talks about this Fergie kid? Where is he from? Love Fergie. Island? Yeah. Oh, Love Bernie. Island. Bernie, yeah. <laughs> him and Ekin Sue are both from Love Island. I mean, his time to shine was the light challenge. We never even talked yeah. about that. He figured out the light. 
<laughs> um, so couple funny. really. I love this challenge, though. I mean, it was a little creepy, but I love this is the stuff I really am enjoying it's about the traders. And we saw a lot of it in season one, like season one really enjoyed it. It was very good. But we I mean, we talked a little bit after we talked about some ways they could improve it. And we're seeing a lot of improvements. But one of the things I love is how detailed it is and how much they're going into how like dramatic this funeral is. You have a whole funeral. Oh, my God. They're singing the a song about horses. Johnny Bananas. Oh, like, that was hysterical. The Johnny Bananas song. CT, CT has the quote where he's like, he deserved to die. <laughs> right. And then he's like, first time he's ever did anything for me in my whole life. <laughs> Guy's never done anything for me. That was so funny. But the beautiful black horses and the carriage and the, I mean, really, really, really well done. Really. Amazing production quality. Amazing. Yes. And yes. another another great line, I, I wrote this down from the challenge. One, I think the thing that may have la- may, cracked me up the most from this episode, and there were a lot of funny moments in it, was when Sandra says, I can't believe Larsa and I are the same age. I thought she was 10 to 12 years older than me. That's hysterical. <laughs> That was freaking hysterical. I was like, Sandra, you are hysterical. I mean, she could have said, I thought she was a couple years ago. She says 10 to 12, which is even funnier. It's like, what, what, Lars is in her 60s, like late 60s? I can't. That was so freaking funny. She's funny. Sandra's funny. And Janelle's got a couple of one-liners. Like, she's like, in her confessionals, she's like killing it. She says some funny things, too. Uh, anything else to note from this episode? I mean, we'll talk a little more about the Phaedra Parvati stuff here in a second, but is there anything else that we skipped in the challenge or anything? Uh, no. moments or no, no, okay. just watch. And Parvati does a good job acting. I yeah. will say. Yeah, she does. She, she faked him out again. She we didn't see anybody that we didn't see anybody say, yeah, I thought Parvati was acting a little weird. Like she no. gave it away. Like, and who knows? Maybe someone did. Like, I mean, you said that, right. About Cody yeah. in episode one, and they didn't show it. Yeah, so they, they never more. showed it. But she does a good job. I mean, just the way she buddy-buddied up with that Ek and Sue and had her drink from her cup. I mean, she did <laughs> such a good job. I'm like, oh, God, I could totally see this. It was, like, and so I- over-the-top fake, and it was so good. <laughs> and she was like, I mean, that was the Ek and Sue thing, going back to that. She just had to get somebody. And she saw Ek and Sue yeah. was in the crosshairs, and yeah. she got her. That was it. And, and, and that being said, I think, if you're ready to talk about Phaedra, I think yeah. that's good leadway. Um, Phaedra's like pissed. And if I was Parvati, and maybe she did say something, but it from the edit, it looked like Phaedra just told her off, basically, and she didn't say anything in return, which I'm sure Parvati did. But I would have been like, listen, I didn't see you taking the lead to do right. the, the thing with the cop with the challenge. Like, it was not easy. We were running out of time. Everybody was right there. So it was either we get someone or we were going to get no one. And then back to the whole Phaedra thing, it makes her look suspicious. I would have been like, no, it actually does the opposite. Because if you're banishing someone, then obviously you think they're a traitor, which means you can't be a traitor because you know who the traitors are. So that makes no sense. So, I mean, unless I'm, you know, unless I'm the idiot here, I don't know. Am I wrong? No, I mean, I think 100%, first and foremost, like we're saying, Parvati should get the most amount of say because she's the one who's willing to put her neck out there. So if she ends right. up having to give the the cup to somebody who was not on anybody's radar or maybe is a, a um, alliance member of someone who Dan or Phaedra is close with, like she's the one who's taking the risk here. She should have that power. Um, and like they're, you know, and I'd love to know why she kind of took it on. 
Um, it does. I think it they, did feel a little. Yeah. They told her she was taking it yeah. on. It's like but you're did, the like you're the pledge. You got to do it. I, right, but at the previous <laughs> roundtable, did Phaedra vote for Akinsu to be banished? Yeah, she did. Okay. So, so she then, was. She didn't want. She's so, just saying because I voted for Ekansu, it's going to look like I am a traitor because no. I voted for her. Yeah. No, because if you're a traitor, you know who the traitors are. I don't so know. Like I don't. I think that's just kind of like. You wouldn't be trying to banish a traitor. You'd be trying to banish a faithful. So I guess she's saying it from that respect. No, yeah, she's saying that it's going to look like so Ekansu got a vote from me and then Ekansu got murdered. So it looks like I'm targeting her and I'm a traitor. Right. But right. It also, I think part of the thing is when you're in this position, like you were on stake in the grass, you probably have an e increased amount of like paranoia where people might yes. not be reading that much into little things, but you certainly are. Yeah, but Ekansu is gone now. And didn't call anybody out. And Sager has no heat on her at all, except for yeah. now Parvati calls out the housewives and says, so, I think one of the housewives is definitely a traitor. So now Sager 100% has, I mean, she has every right to defend herself. You know what I mean? Dan feels like he got everything he wanted out of picking Parvati because Parvati is going out and she's you know doing the murder in plain sight and then she agrees to kind of be the one who's gonna who's gonna go out there and call out the housewives at that round table right and right. um so i mean it's good for dan's game although it does seem like dan the people are suspicious of dan but i think a war is about to be waged in this episode five i think we're building 100%. up to this phaedra says poverty no one likes you play yeah. fair they're setting the stage. Something is going to happen in this. I think that the gamers are going to, I mean, Parvati and Dan are going to try to throw Phaedra under the bus here. Similarly, yeah. I think Dan's going to do the same thing. He's going to tell Parvati to put the name out there. He's not going to do it himself. Yeah. And I think he's going to want, have these two butting heads. Maybe Phaedra exposes something. It's going to be really interesting. I can't wait. Yeah. To see but it. you know what? I think Phaedra's still going to come off smelling like a rose. And I think that what's her name? MJ. What's her name? MJ. MJ, yeah, because now they really think she's a traitor because she didn't they, get murdered. Oh, MJ, yeah. And they all yeah. thought she was. Remember, they put all the roses in her coffin, so she's in that housewives clique, even though she's not a housewife. So she's going to be the one because Parvati's going to say, "You know what? You're right. Maybe it's not one of the housewives, but it's somebody just with you. It's definitely MJ. I bet that's how it's going to play out." Okay, I think I'm going to go in a different direction. I think that Dan is going to try to get Parvati to throw Phaedra's name out there, make the move before Phaedra can, can make the move on them. I, think I the can see that. Are, yeah, I think the gamers control the numbers right now. So they. Ha I think Dan has that power right now. And then it'd be interesting if, if they can get Phaedra banished, do they bring on another gamer as a traitor, potentially? So, furthermore... I think Phaedra is going to be out of the hot seat. Are you holding a wrench? What is that? It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a pen. It's my pen. It's my, <laughs> it's my decorative pen that has like a fake, a fake diamond on top. It looks cute on my desk. It's a pen. But I've been taking notes while we're talking. Yeah. So I think they deep down do know, because there's already been a couple suspicious things on Dan. I think 
Yes, it looks like from the editing that Phaedra's in the hot seat because of poverty, but I think she's not going to be in the hot seat. I think they are going to get rid of the traitor eventually. It's probably going to be Dan. And then I think they are... Well, wait. It showed on Instagram. Kate comes mm. on the show. Yeah, we have to we have to talk about that before we go. Big announcement. They previewed this in the like this season on the traders. Yeah. They said someone's the very gonna, there's beginning. a mystery mystery yeah. contestant. They announced it on um it's really I'm honestly surprised because like we said, we're taping this before episode four has even aired. Kate does not right. show up in episode four. So no. I, I imagine some people had their hopes up that they're going to see Kate in this episode. I'm surprised they made that announcement when they did. Me Maybe too. they just wanted to get Kate to be able to promote the show because she's got a huge following and get right. people in on the show. Early. Right. I think that's it. Um, what do you think about that? Kate coming back? Kate hated the traitors. She hated being there. She never wanted to step foot in that castle again. She tried to quit. She begged us to vote her off. Like, we couldn't get rid of Kate as we tried. And now she comes back for season two. Kate's full of shit. She likes being on TV. <laughs> and she's excited to be back. And I ended up after Kate being a shit faithful because she wasn't a traitor. And loathing her as a fellow faithful, I ended up loving Kate. So I'm excited because she's good TV. So I'm excited to see her back. But I think they get a traitor. And I think there's two traitors left. And I think they then recruit another traitor. And I think that's how it's going to go. And the traitors are going to have the leg up the whole time. I think that... I think they're going to get Dan eventually, just like we got Cody eventually. Because there's already suspicion on him. And they're not the showing Kate, it now in the edit because they don't want to, you know, that's what they think. The Kate factor is super interesting because obviously that also shakes up the numbers too in terms of she's going to go with the housewife side for certain. Yeah. I can't imagine why she would be with the reality cop people. Unless she, unless she has a connection with any of them that we don't know about, which she probably does. And Kate knows everybody. Yeah. It's just interesting because this is pretty early in the show. Kate is a baby. Like she's not a baby. She's not married. And she loves that baby. She's like obsessed with that baby. So that's hard to do. Leave a baby, you know? And people do it. But she's going to shake things up. Phaedra and Parvati are going to hate each other forever. And <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Kate comes in this next episode? It's got to be, right? I mean, you can't put make that announcement and then wait like she's, three weeks for Kate and, to show up. And Dr. Whoever the doctor guy is. Who's he? Dr. He's Will from Big, from Big Brother, yeah. Okay, he's coming on too as something. But Kate comes on actually as a contestant, I think. Yes, so I don't know what the correct. doctor guy comes. So she's going to shake things up. She's just sitting at the round table like, who do we hate? I'm like, oh my God, this is so <laughs> Kate. Tell me everything. Kate, didn't Kate, don't you think Kate started to, I, I think on your season, at first she was like, I don't want to be here. Vote me out. Can't right. quit. Otherwise I don't get paid. But then right. towards the end, she started to play a little bit when she saw the light at the end of the tunnel. She first started out like that. I can't quit. I won't get paid. Then she kind of was a little bit like Deontay. I think she had a little bit of a mental thing. Um, where she she seriously needed to gather herself or regroup because all her people started going. You know, the Bravos started going. And then she started playing. And I'm like, oh, now you want to play? Like, you know. So I think it was a little bit like this for Kate. Um, but Kate, Kate makes good TV. Kate's very smart. And 
she knows how to play. She knows how to play the game. Like she's not a gamer, but she knows how to play the game. She's no fool. So I think right. Kate will do very well. Is there anything else on episode four or thoughts ahead to episode five before we go for now? No, it ends where, you know, Phaedra basically tells them off in the, in the, what's it called? A turbule? I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> um, I never got to see that part of the castle. <laughs> well, think about how much, how tired do they have to be? Like, that's got to be an extra two hours of filming. And that's why I always thought Kate was a traitor because she would come in in the morning looking just exhausted. Like half the time she didn't even have her makeup fully on. She brought it with her. And at some point during the day, she would like start putting it on. And Sari messed me up a little bit because she always came in looking bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's a traitor, but damn, she looks good. Cause like she never looked tired. Kate was taking naps over on the bay window at the castle, <laughs> looking out to the field. Um, Christian looked a little like, stressed out and then cody <laughs> cody started getting like some circles under his eyes like cody was just like i don't know if i can do this anymore he would say sometimes and he would say things that like were obvious that he it was wearing on him um but kate yeah kate looked they they we were done at like midnight sometimes sometimes 12 30 and i didn't go to bed till like two or three by the time i could shut my brain off shower from the day and our call time was 7 a.m hair and makeup done and dressed and ready to go so those traders are not going to bed until three o'clock in the morning sometimes four like they're on minimal sleep um so it's gonna be interesting you're yeah they do they, they've got to be exhausted i mean were you or any any of the faithfuls getting the bags under your eyes in terms of fatigue or was it just noticeable like even more noticeable with some of the traders it was more noticeable in cody because he's a boy and he doesn't wear makeup and he, it, yeah. he was, he wears, you know, his heart on his sleeve and yeah. I do too. And that's why snake grass was hard for me. Um, so that's how I was able, but the girls, it was hard because we can wear makeup and I don't like, know. Sari just, just always depends. looks great. Like Sari doesn't look like she, she looks like younger than when she first played Survivor. Oh, I know. I tell her she doesn't age. I'm like, I don't even know. I think you're <laughs> getting better looking. The freak is she doing Sari? Um, yeah, no, it didn't wear on Sari one bit. And even in the Big Brother house, I watched her and it looked like it was wearing on her a little bit. But there's it's another show where it's long, it's 24-7 of filming. You're never not on camera. Like, that's a lot, man. Well, we gotta wrap things up for now. <laughs> Stephanie's a mom, she's got places to be, kids to drive, sports to have uh, watched <laughs> my day is just beginning now which is why i'm in my sweats you're lucky i even have my hair washed and some makeup on because usually i gotta make dinner now and the day begins at three o'clock actually one of my kids already calls from school i don't even know hopefully my husband hopefully they were able to get in touch with my husband someone probably <laughs> forgot their shoes for like the basketball game or whatever is going on right now but yes thank you for having me this was fun i hope to be back i'm gonna look at my planner for yep. next week <laughs> see we what they come on next week and um i'm gonna keep watching episode four yes. well we already saw that but we get episode five this week right screener because yeah. we're special yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> and you do like being on the media side now stuff oh it's interesting yeah <laughs> yeah it's fun i like okay. it a lot it is fun we'll talk we'll talk more about it next week all right so she is stephanie lagrosa kendrick i'm jack vita Thank you. stephanie social media handles 
Steph underscore LaGrosa underscore Kendrick. That's my Instagram. You can find everything else out from there. If you want to follow me, follow me. Perfect. We'll be back next week for more coverage of the traders. All right, y'all. That's our episode for today. Stephanie had to run like we talked about. She's got kids to look out for. Uh, she's a mom. She's busy. But uh, so I let her run. I'll wrap things up here. If you guys liked this episode of Jack Vita Show, we'll have more traders coverage throughout the season. So please hit subscribe. We've also got some interviews with reality TV contestants on this channel and podcasts as well. So if you're a Big Brother fan, Survivor fan, Amazing Race, Challenge, you can go check out some of the interviews we've done. Like we mentioned, Janelle has been on this show. Uh, we've got a bunch of interviews from last season, including Michael and Amanda and bam, uh, some of the faithfuls on last season. So make sure you hit subscribe. And for all you sports fans, we'll be having a lot of baseball content over the next month. Hopefully a lot of interviews with players. I just did an interview with Anthony Rendon, the elusive private guy who the Los Angeles Angels third baseman does not talk to the media very much. He opened up for an hour on this show. Uh, we've got some other ones. DJ Hers, uh, the Washington Nationals prospect, Gabriel Rincones Jr., Phillies prospect, and probably plenty more leading us up through spring training. So getting a lot of those interviews in here in January before spring training and everything ramps up, gets really busy. Then we'll be doing some baseball preview stuff uh, in February and March, maybe some March Madness stuff. So make sure you guys are all subscribed to the Jack Vita Show. You can subscribe here on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Follow me at Jack Vita Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stephanie and I will be back next week. And starting next week, we hope to have these episodes out every single Friday. Until then, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>